of gold fantasy football podcast your new favorite fantasy football podcast angelo inglis here alongside me is nick perillo nick it seems like we can't go more than a day with some without some news or something breaking that's going to drastically alter your fantasy rankings and uh you know even when you try and draft as late as possible in the last week of august something's still going to screw your shit up Pardon my French. Because Sony Michelle <laughs> is now a Los Angeles Ram, and I'm annoyed about it because I took Henderson in the fourth round, so I feel like a big old idiot. But, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing all right. Um, fan- on the fantasy uh, spectrum, better because I was able to get Sony Michelle uh, through uh, waivers. Got a tough decision to make on who to drop, but we'll look at that as the season gets closer and closer. But, yeah, I mean – you think you draft as late as you do and, uh, you know, everything will be set. You know, you'll have your final rankings, but, you know, that's just the way football is. Contact sport, any injury can happen at any time. It's pretty macabre. I'd almost rather have draft a player high and then have him get hurt than draft a player high and then they trade for competition. Because at least when he gets hurt, it's like, okay, that's the nature of the beast with football. Guys get hurt. There's no really way of predicting that. The Rams, there was always smoke about them bringing in another running back for at least to spell Henderson because they didn't believe he was going to be healthy enough. But at this late season, like, OK, look, there's no one really cutting loose. I could see them just giving Henderson the carries and then Henderson has to go and sprain his thumb. And then they bring in Michelle and they traded like significant assets for him. They traded a conditional fifth and sixth rounder, which I believe the one of them can become a fourth rounder, depending on, I think, the snap count for Michelle. Don't quote me on that. But it's really going to be annoying because now it's another running back system where you have two guys who both guys are kind of the starter, so neither one of them is. I think Michelle's going to be better in terms of touchdowns. Henderson's best bet is PPR, but I don't see Stafford being the guy that's going to check the ball down a lot in this offense. Yeah, it's a little bit of a weird conundrum they've had. They've had Daryl Henderson there for a little bit of time. We, you and I both know that Sony Michelle was a very good college uh, running back. I thought it was going to translate a little better into the NFL, but when you're a running back brought into the Patriot system, you really don't know what's going to happen there. Because I mean, you was you and I both know. Uh, can't remember the last time that there was a solid Patriot running back where it was like year in and year out. Oh, he's going to be the guy that gets the carries. They kind of just do whatever they want there. So maybe you know, changing systems will be good for Michelle. But we will definitely uh, have to see. I'm kind of surprised they didn't just give Henderson the role, even though, I mean, I I bet their injury concerns are a lot um, more excruciating than what we have been told or led to believe. Well, I mean, that's kind of Henderson's biggest problem is that he's never stayed healthy. Like, he's always got a nick here, a nagging injury there. It, at, at most, I think this is just like, hey, now we have two guys that we like at running back. Because after Henderson, they had, uh, I think it's Jake Funk. And then they have some, un- I think it's an undrafted rookie or an un- second year undrafted guy who I do not know their name. I apologize to that running back. But yeah, that kind of shows you what the running back room was. It was Henderson and then a bunch of scrubs. So at least you bring in Michelle and he's going to ha- give you at least a thumper in the backfield. I will say this for him. Like uh, there's some stats going out on the day of the trade. He is, I think, the number one running back, if not number one. Then he's definitely in the top 10 of yards over expected gain so like he was not expected to gain many yards but he would gain more yards that's essentially what that stat's telling you so a very tough runner i don't think the patriots offensive line has been very good in the past few years i think that's going to be a little bit different this year 
in uh, the way the Patriots play, it's not really predicated on the backfield talent. It's like Terminators, like the mass-produced Terminators. They just have a bunch of guys back there. They all do a little bit of different things. They all have their unique flavors, but for the most part, you kind of never know which one's going to get the carries until the game happens. Like, there's a reason why a guy like Jonas Gray goes off for 200 yards and three touchdowns, and then he's cut like two weeks later. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we will just have to wait and see. It's a lot of a lot of guessing games, and a lot of the early season is. You know, some of those teams you want to zero in on and actually, like, pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, so we are continuing our mock draft. We went through the first three rounds on Tuesday. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen. Or if you don't have the time to listen to it, we have the results posted up on our Twitter, Flex of Gold. Give it a look. I honestly really like the teams that we have. Luckily, those top those first three round picks, I still feel pretty good with. The James Robinson pick is still the one that I'm maybe the most apprehensive of. But I think, like, again, you just kind of project with Robinson. I feel like that's a safer third-round pick. Like, you're not going to want to reach for another guy. Mm -hmm. So let's get started. Nick, I believe you left us off with Mike Evans. So you are on the clock at pick 37. Pick 37. So this will be the first pick of round four. Hmm. I think this team, guy you don't like, I think they're going to take Josh Allen. Ooh, okay. So, again, the second quarterback off the board could start the quarterback trend, which we see in a lot of fantasy leagues. I mean, Mahomes is obviously consensus one, but then I don't know if it happens in your leagues, but once one person starts, everybody else starts to try to get on it. If you're even semi-interested in the quarterback, some people will go nuts and go for it. My strategy that I like to try to implement is going and getting somebody in round four. This year, couldn't do that because a couple of the guys I liked were gone already, and then I wasn't going to overextend myself I mean, Dak in our league was there for a while, but so many like a couple days ago, injury concerns weren't as you know were, were worse than they are right now. But for this team, you got two run. I mean, this team's a little bit question marky because you have Saquon in the first pick, but you got a ton of value out of that, and you have Mike Evans, who you know I think third round you get good value there too. But you don't know if the production's going to be there. But I think Josh Allen will be good for this team. Give I, you a lot of I, options there at quarterback uh, with his rushing ability. I will say this, and I heard this take. It's not my own. It's from the Ringer Fantasy Football Podcast, and they do have their own rankings. I would very much recommend you check them out. They do a lot of good work year in and year out. All the fan, like all the top fantasy groups always do have a fantastic interactive board or some or something to use. They always have really good material. But this was a take that I forget which one they said, but there is some like value to drafting a QB early. Because, like, there is a top five of guys who are a little bit different. Like, you could get quarterback production really late, but elite quarterback production, there is a little bit of a tier up. So, if you're a team that has Saquon Barkley, that might be a question mark, but you do have Gibson and then you have Mike Evans, it might be worth it trying to have that quarterback advantage by getting one of these top guys who are guys that are going to run the ball as well as pass the ball really efficiently. So, getting Josh Allen, even if he does regress, he's still going to run the ball. He's still going to have the rushing numbers, which is huge. And just. they're going to pass him ball getting, a lot too. Exactly. Him getting like five to eight rushing touchdowns is tremendous. Even if he just gets five, that's enough. Yeah. So that now that team, by the way, now Josh Allen, Barkley, Gibson, and Mike Evans. I'm now picking for team 11. We got Tyree Kill, Najee Harris, and James Robinson. So we got some pretty good running backs here. Uh, DeAndre Swift quickly falling as we kind of projected he would. Ah, uh, Let's see. This is kind of a tough pick. We're kind of in that tier of running backs. I mean, uh, receivers. I like Cooper Cup a lot. I think I'll take Cooper Cup here. 
I think that like you saw with him have great chemistry with Jared Goff, and I think that's a lot more that says a lot more about how Cup fits into the McVay offense as opposed to how Goff feels about him as a receiver. I think that a lot of this offense works because Cup is such a talented slot guy. When he's on the field, he's fantastic. He always sees a great target and fantastic hands. And for a guy that works out of the slot, he's still very like he has a nose for the end zone. He racks up yards after catch. Fantastic guy to have, like the best version of a Wes Welker type receiver. So I'm going to take Cooper Cup here. I think he's got a lot of upside. I think he could. He's currently going at wide receiver 19. I think he could end up going as like a wide receiver 10 by the end of the season. I could see that too. I think that's a good pick. You have you know Stafford there. Even if Stafford wasn't there, he produced a lot with uh, Jared Goff, and he's just a good, reliable guy. You'd like to see the touchdown numbers go up a little bit for him, but great, great uh, pick there. Him and both Robert Woods. I mean, Robert Woods, obviously, maybe a little bit better than Cup, but I think they're a lot closer than a lot of people might uh, perceive. Absolutely. Okay, so for my team, the, we got Jonathan Taylor, Joe Mixon, and George Kittle. Um. Tough pick here. You don't know really what to shore up, but I think you take a receiver. I think I think I'm going to take Amari Cooper here, just based on the fact that in the past couple days um, there have been reports that Dak looks a little bit better um, from his injury. I mean, I know he's not going to play in the preseason, but Amari Cooper is still maybe not like clear cut number one on that team because we don't know what Ceedee Lamb's going to do, and Michael Gallup is still a viable option, but. In a high, you know, uh, high air rate offense like that, where they put up a lot of points, I think that uh, Mario Cooper is a good pick there. Absolutely. I mean, for me, like if I was picking this spot, it was either him or DJ Moore, just because those are the two true number one receivers left on the board, like guys that are listed as a starter in their offense. Uh, I will actually be taking DJ Moore with the next pick, spoiler alert, for that team. But for Cooper, that offense has the potential to be a lot more efficient just because it has a better quarterback and I think has more talent overall. The Panthers are still a very big question mark. I actually like drafting Robbie Anderson as opposed to DJ Moore just because I think there's not much of a difference there. But a lot of smart people love Moore. They think he's in line for a really breakout season with Amari Cooper there. I mean, with uh, Sam Darnold there. But Cooper, when he's healthy, is just like a very subtle elite receiver. Like, he's not a guy you ever think of like in the top five. But the guy has all those traits that you still want. Like, very super talented guy. Doesn't really have any issues dropping the ball. Can do a little bit of everything. It's just health for him. And it's going to be health for the entire Cowboys team. You want them to stay healthy. So Cooper in the fourth round, I think that's a great price for him. And like I said, I'm taking DJ Moore. I just, I think at this point you want to get the guys that are listed as the number one and Moore is. And Moore is a guy that has a lot of respect from a lot of the veterans. Like Steve Smith loves DJ Moore because he sees a lot of himself in him. Sam Darnold, a lot of people think that the Gase curse is going to be lifted from him because he's now no longer with Adam Gase, which I believe is certainly possible. And again, their uh, offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, is a team that's going to pass the ball a lot. And DJ Moore can do a little, again, a very good player, can do a, the best receivers do a little bit of everything. So if I sound repetitive, that's why. Uh, but give me some DJ Moore, just a lot of explosive power there. And he's the guy that if you're not, if you're going to key in on CMC too much, he's the guy that's going to burn you. Yeah, no, DJ Moore, definitely a good pick there. I think uh, Robbie Anderson played a little bit above his, um, above how good he actually is last year. He had, he had, you know, had some very, very good weeks. And like you mentioned, Sam Darnold, just got to wait and see what's going to happen with him. But if he can be somewhat productive and, you know, like everybody keeps saying, they're still harping that he can be good, DJ Moore is a good receiver for him to have. 
So team eight, that'll be my pick. It's a team of Kelsey, Nick Chubb, and Robert Woods. I think here is where a team – I'd take DeAndre Swift here. I think here is a spot for him. I think that DeAndre Swift has kind of been hanging around there a little bit too much for a guy who is going to be the starter in Detroit. I know, Angelo, you're not really high on him. I'm not that high on him either. But a team here, I think it's good to just maybe sure up a little bit more running back. You know, Nick Chubb has got to fight with Kareem Hunt. You worry about a little injury problems with him. He did miss a handful of games last year. So I think maybe for this team, you take a stab at DeAndre Swift just because when you're looking down a little bit later, there are some good quarterbacks you could take maybe on the swing in round five. And there's a couple of good receivers that you could sure up yourself with. So I think this is a good spot for DeAndre Swift. I just really struggle to see where his value comes from. Like you're taking him in the fourth round. So you're ideally hoping for a guy that's going to get 900 yards and six touchdowns. I, I like that's kind of like the basement of what you're looking for. Hawkinson's not really a blocking tight end. Uh, Pinai Sewell has kind of struggled. If you look at the rest of their offensive line, it's not really good outside of the uh, Taylor Decker. That offense is going to be hard to watch. I th- Grant, they are going to run the ball a lot, but like you have Swift there, Jamal Williams. And I guess the whole point is like after Jamal Williams, there really isn't much competition for carries on that team. But I just don't like bad teams don't run the ball effectively. I don't see Swift having a season like James Robinson did last year. I think that the guy, if you're going to take a guy, is Jamal Williams in this backfield just because, again, he's going to catch the passes, and those are much more valuable touches than runs. And I have a hard time seeing Swift returning value in the fourth round. I could have seen taking him in the fifth round. I think fifth round is about as far as I would let him fall just because, again, he is the only running back on that team. I just have a hard time seeing how how to recoup value from like a third or a fourth. Again, he's projected to go third round, so getting him in the fourth is still technically you're saving a little bit there, but I don't know. I don't like the Lions. There's no one on that team I really want, and uh, I avoid them at all costs. Hmm. I just think there's a little value there, so yeah, maybe take a stab at it. This team for me is the, besides maybe the two uh, receiver Mahomes team, this is like kind of the funkiest team, maybe secondary. Yeah, this one's kind of like, well, it's Kelsey and then guys that are kind of on the sniff test, like Chubb. Chubb is an amazing talent, but is going to be splitting carries with Cremont. Robert Woods, on a great offense, has been very underrated, but also shares the field with Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby set to have a good year too. DeAndre Swift plays for the Lions. So it's like there's a lot of sniff tests going on there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of sniff test, Austin Eckler, Stephon Diggs, and Chris Carson, just a very odd team. Like this is like the – I like I, that team. I do too, but it's not like – it's a bunch of names of like, yeah, I like them, but I don't want to build my team around them. Like there's a lot of guys that still feel that way about Eckler, who is doing an amazing promotion where if you win with him and like and you tweet him – or uh, snap a post about him on Instagram. He can send you a jer- you enter to win a jersey with him. Which I don't love that. God, I love that. That's why I always want him on my team. Just seems like a good dude. Here though, let's see. I kind of like Godwin here. I'm just just to kind of go chalk. I mean, I think that Buccaneers offense. The hardest part is predicting on a week to week basis who's going to be hot and who's going to be not. But like Godwin is a guy that has always had better chemistry with Tom Brady than Mike Evans. Because he can do a little bit more. He's a little bit more flexible. Mike Evans is a big body. You throw a 50-50 ball up to him, he's probably going to come down with it. Godwin's a little bit more of a savvier player. And, again, a little bit more underrated. I think Mike Evans will always get the number one corner assignment. I don't think you're ever going to see a number one corner on Godwin. And that really allows him to kind of feast. So, against bad teams, you probably prefer Evans. But Godwin is always the guy you could probably be a little bit more consistent with. Like, he's going to get four catches and 40 yards a game. And I feel like that's a pretty good 
basement for a guy going in the fourth round. Yeah, I like Godwin. A couple, I think just his year last year that wasn't as good as people thought it was going to be kind of downgraded him a little, but he was really like a legit like 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 fringe number one uh, receiver that one year where him and Evan, Evans tore it up. I know you got uh, Brown there too to compete with, but Chris Godwin's going to put up numbers for you. And if he's a number two on your team, I think that's fine. Uh, we move to team six now. This is the team with Devontae Adams, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, and Patrick Mahomes. Oh, as much as I'd love to have that, have to just 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 say I have Hopkins, Adams, and Julio Jones on the same team. I think this team has to take Josh Jacobs. Oh, I will. I will say triple down and just get Tyler Lockett. <laughs> nah, I like Tyler Lockett, but I don't think he's consistent enough. I think you you just try to like you know you have to take Josh Jacobs here. I don't think that Kenyon Drake's going to be that big of an issue for Josh Jacobs. And at worst comes to worst, he's still going to be down there on the goal line getting touchdowns. So I just like Josh Jacobs for that reason, more or less. There certainly is a path where like Kenyon Drake isn't as big as a factor as we think, which is like, why do the Raiders sign him to $11 million? But again, I just can't get over that fact. I think that's a big issue. But again, in the fourth round with a zero RB team, you want to get at least one guy that's like, in that Chubb range, and he's kind of like discount Nick Chubb. Like, he's going to split carries, but he's the better running back. Yeah, I think you have to take him if you're that team. I think uh, the next team, which is Zeke Metcalf and Keenan Allen, seeing that Josh Jacobs has come off the board, I think this is kind of a little bit more of a panic move, but you want to make sure you get that guy. You go with Miles Sanders. And even though the Eagles are another team that I avoid in fantasy, I just don't think they're going to be good. I'm not a believer in Jalen Hurts, even though I think he's a great dude. Like big roll tide, but I, I this all this Eagles team just feels bad. They feel cursed. The coach is kind of like always giving out these one liners that make the media scratch their head. But again, Miles Sanders is a guy who is currently number one running back. Yeah, they brought in Carry on Johnson, but Carry on's never really been healthy or it's never really clicked in the, on the NFL level. Sanders has already shown that he's a super talented back and. If Jalen Hurts continues to check down because he's not a guy that completes the ball at a high clip, Sanders is going to benefit. And I think that you just take that there. RB20 on the Fantasy Pros big board, getting him in the fourth round as your number one running, as your number two running back is a fine thing. Mm, I, I don't know if I would have gone this route. I really, I, I'm not a Miles Sanders guy, but the, the rationale is there to take him. At least you can kind of have yourself being okay with him being a number two because if you expect a lot out of Zeke, you won't have to use, you won't have to rely on Sanders as much. And with somebody like uh, Metcalf and Keenan Allen there, it's, it's, I think, a little bit of a risky pick, but what this team already is built around, it's not as risky because if he is kind of duddy, it's not the worst. And you got him in the fourth round at least. Moving on to team four, this is uh, Kamara Waller and J.K. Dobbins. Uh, this is this is a weird pick. This is a tough pick. You know what? I think for this team, uh, I don't like that actually. I had an idea, but I think you take Tyler Lockett. I I like Tyler Lockett. I think he is a little bit boomer bust at times, but I think you have two running backs. You have Waller, who's obviously you know top three tight end, but acts as a as a receiver. I think you take Tyler Lockett here just because you know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, maybe some weeks he's not as productive as others because, you know, the whole aspect of let Russ cook. But when Russ is cooking, Tyler Lockett can go off for some monster games. Yeah, he was banging up a little bit last year, but he's not a guy that's usually hurt. 
And who could forget last season where he had a 50 point game? The guy is the guy is talented. He has great chemistry with Russell Wilson. I, for whatever reason, even though like the numbers show DK was more consistent last season, I just trust the Lockett Wilson connection a little bit more than I trust the Wilson Metcalf connection. And so getting him in round four as your number one receiver, Julio, you don't want to make him your number one because, again, he is a guy that's already shown that he's not healthy and he's on the wrong side of 30. Uh, but Lockett kind of gives you a little bit more of that upside and you get that exciting. It's exciting to root for those Seahawks and watch Russell Wilson play and Ty Lockett's a fun guy to watch too. Speaking of Julio Jones, I am just going to triple down on the receiver position here. Ooh. You have Justin Jefferson. You have Terry McLaurin. Why not have Julio as your super flex? Like, come on now. Uh, the running backs here, I, I do like Mike Davis, but I just think just for pure name value and fun, getting to say, yeah, I start Julio Jones as my flex. Imagine just saying that in your league and the slime that's just dripping from every syllable as you say it. Like, oh, yeah, Julio, he's just my flex guy. I don't know <laughs> if he's going to start this week. I do love that. Um, we did talk about it in um, Fool's Gold. I said I wasn't a huge Julio guy, just as a number two. But, hey, Julio Jones is a flex. I, I can live with that. Okay, moving on to the last team in round four. This is the first uh, team that's selected. They have McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, whoa, and whoa, whoa, Clyde. You're skipping a team, buddy. Oh, oh, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> I looked up quick, and I saw that. No, this is the team of Dalvin Cook, Allen Robinson, and CeeDee Lamb. This team, I think they're going to take Lamar Jackson. Okay. I, I don't really care what anyone says about uh, Lamar Jackson throwing the ball, blah, blah, blah. Guess what? The guy wins football games with his legs, and you can't really abandon that at all. I think maybe they, – they, I, I, I get the feeling they're trying to cut down every year a little bit on it, but that guy still is an electric talent. And just the rushing alone – I love that. Just on this team optically, Dalvin Cook, Allen Robinson, CeeDee Lamb, and Lamar Jackson. That team on on paper for me sounds pretty good. That's four knockout guys right there. Lamar, especially early in the season, their receiving core is very banged up. Like Hollywood Brown's banged up. Bateman's going to miss the first few weeks of the season. It's going to be Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, and that running game. That's all that they're going to have. So I could really see Lamar going off. It makes me feel great about getting him in the fifth round. Like I got him at the end of the fifth in my draft. And I just feel Damn. like... I'm like, man, I am caking back here with Lamar Jackson as my quarterback after four picks. So I do really like that. This was another team that I could see going for Mike Davis, but we'll see how the fifth round goes. Here, again, this is the McCaffrey, A.J. Brown, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I think here, I'm higher on him than most, even though there is a potential for this to really bite me in the rear end. I kind of like Adam Thielen. And, oh, you're feeling? Yeah, I'm feel I'm feeling the feeling. And yeah, he is older now. Yeah, like the met- every advanced metric guy looks at the age regression and says, "Oh, Adam Thielen, he's a guy that's going to fall off a cliff this year." I just and he wasn't spectacular last year. He was fine, but he wasn't spectacular. I just have a hard time seeing where I him not have a season where he gets like a thousand yards, ninety targets. Six touchdowns. Like, his touchdown numbers last year were insane. Even that comes down. Jefferson is the guy that a lot of teams are going to start to defend more than Thielen. And I think that works for him as he kind of regresses. I think that he still has a couple. I think he's got two more seasons left in him at, at true value for fantasy. And then I could see the cliff coming. I don't think the cliff's coming this year for Thielen. Getting at the end of the fourth round as my second wide receiver is a very, it's, it's very comfortable for me. 
No, I do like that. I think Adam Thielen is in the point of his career where, and fantasy-wise, hey, he's not your number one, but he's a reliable guy, and he's going to keep getting – I don't care. He's going to keep getting those touchdowns. So not a bad pick there, a guy. Like I, I always – like we talk about uh, on the other episodes, you like to go with guys w- where you know what they're going to do, and we know what Adam Thielen's going to do. Speaking of what we don't know what's going to happen, I'm going to go with just a fun pick here for this team. I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has always been a guy in in mock drafts where I'm not quite able to get him because I kind of wait a little. I wait around too late. Like I'm going to take him here in the seventh. He goes in the sixth. Okay, I'll take him in the sixth. He goes in the fifth. But this Falcons offense, I still think Matt Ryan can get him the ball. It's going to be him. It's going to be the him and Calvin Ridley show. Like Mike Davis is going to get his touches, obviously, but it's going to be Ridley and Kyle Pitts. That's the entire team. Those guys are going to have multiple hundred yard games together. And Pitts is a better guy to have in the red zone. So I think that there's a real potential here for Pitts to be a very unprecedented rookie tight end who is probably going to finish in the top five of tight end scoring. Like it's going to probably be the big three, Pitts and Mark Andrews. Like I am betting against Hawkinson just because of that offense, even though I, like there's a chance I could have got Hawkinson in my other draft. But Kyle Pitts is just a more fun player to root for. Like Andrews is fine. The Ravens offense is fine. But they're not always the most fun to watch. Kyle Pitts should be fun to watch. Definitely. I think this is the perfect spot to get Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's got to be on everybody's radar. I mean, I watched him a lot in college. He was, he's such a dynamic player. Just literally definition of, you know, plays a big receiver just playing tight end. And um, I just think that I, I would always like to draft him, but I don't know really where I want to take him. But I think when you look at the team across the board, I think it's a good spot to take a stab at a guy like Kyle Pitts because you do, as you mentioned, he has that potential to be, you know, a bust out star talent. Maybe not as like, I mean, maybe not as good as Jimmy Graham his first year, but like something in the realm of that. And, you know, that's a great, great uh, buy into the fifth round there. So team two, this is the team that just took Lamar Jackson. I think this team is going to be taking Mike Davis. I I'm fell one more spot. Huge Mike Davis fan. That's what I was kind of banking on when I took Lamar. I said, oh, you know, that team up there has got two running backs already. Maybe they want to shore up some other positions. But I, I'm a big Mike Davis guy. He's going to get the touches. There is some concern about his wear and tear and his usage because we saw last year he came out of the gates hot and then kind of a couple games fell, you know, fell a little short. But I think here for a number two running back in the fifth round, that's a good pick. Absolutely. Like, he's the guy that no one really wants because – one, he's Mike Davis. Like he's a guy that's been a career backup his entire life, and the Falcons aren't a team that's known for running the ball. I think with Arthur Smith, they're going to be a much more efficient running team. But then you go and look at their running back depth chart. You want? Can you tell me who the number two running back is right now for Atlanta? Uh, if I hear the name, I'll know, but I don't. Cordell Patterson. Oh, a former receiver. <laughs> <laughs> After that, it's Quadri Olison and uh, Donta Foreman. So not exactly like guys who are going to be gunning for that number one running back spot. They're content with letting Mike Davis go and just run the ball and run him into the ground. And so I think any touch that get that backfield has is going to go to Mike Davis. And so, again, fifth and sixth round for him. I would be okay with taking him in the fourth round just because he's a starting running back on a team that's not going to be awful. Like, I would rather have Mike Davis and DeAndre Swift, to be perfectly honest. I, I, I don't hate that either. All right. So this team, we got Derrick Henry, Jefferson, McLaren, and Jones. So the running back spot hurts a little bit here. 
it would probably be better for me to go running back, but with like just this is kind of like the dead zone. I'd rather just get an elite production as someone else. So I think here I'll end up going Mark Andrews. So I'm just going to continue the run of tight ends. Again, the Ravens receiver core is already banged up. Andrews, while he did have issues with drops last season, was still very solid. He's Lamar's favorite target. I still think that happens again this season, even with the new look offense. So give me um, some Mark Andrews. Let's get this tight end run continuing. I like Mark Andrews there. Like I mentioned before, the court, you know, the quarterback thing, people start to get a little like crazy about it. But uh, I think Mark Andrews didn't play as well as he should have last year. And I think we'll re- we'll see a little bit of a return to form this year. So here we are with uh, the fourth team. They just took Tyler Lockett. They could use a receiver here, but I don't think they're going to take one. I think they're going to, you know what? No, they are. They're going to take Brandon Ayuk. Okay. I think here's a good, huge Brandon Ayuk guy. I think this is a good spot for them to uh, draft him. Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Darren Waller. That's a decent enough receiving core, in my opinion. And then you've got uh, a monster in, they have, who do they have on uh, their first running back? Is it Zeke? Um, they have uh, for the Niners. Oh, oh, for no, this no, team. fifth, this team. Yeah, uh, no, they have Kamara. Kamara, yeah, I think that's a good team. And uh, Brandon Ayuk, I, I said on the episode before, I think he has wide receiver one potential. Yeah, again, I don't think that team ends up passing the ball a lot, even when, especially if Lance ends up taking over the job. But Ayuk is the number one guy. I think he's been healthier than Debo Samuel, even though people are saying, "Oh, you take Debo Samuel late because he's going to do the same thing Ayuk's going to do." I think I feel more comfortable having a Yuka as that guy as opposed to Debo. But that should I be a super, up with him. Yeah, this <laughs> should be a super efficient offense. And Ayuk is a, the guy that's going to benefit from that, even though like name, he's not quite there on name value yet. He's a guy that could go in the top three rounds next year. So this team, we just ended up taking Miles Sanders, even though I'm not the biggest Miles Sanders guy. I could go receiver. Deontay Johnson is still on the board. Hawkinson is also still on the board with tight ends, but I don't know. There's just something about Hawks in that, that line scene that just scares me away. I think I actually go with Kareem Hunt. And the reason being with Kareem Hunt is that it's a very gamble pick. Like, if Kareem Hunt does not get the carries or gets hurt again, that pick is going to sting. Like, you know, I'm just burning a fifth-round pick on a backup running back. But Kareem Hunt is stupid talented. He's an overqualified number two. And... I don't think he ends up re-signing with the Browns next season. I think he ends up going to get a starter spot somewhere else. Uh, but the dude is just insane. Like, look at his run with the Chiefs. The Chiefs were literally an unstoppable juggernaut with him, and they haven't been able to replace him properly since he since the issues that he had off the field. So give me some Kareem Hunt. Yeah, it's a risky pick. Yeah, I could probably get better value elsewhere. And he is probably better suited on a team that already has Nick Chubb as like a super handcuff. But I, I still think that he's got a lot of value, and having him as a flex is still – there's something to be had there. No, definitely. I think Kareem Hunt is the best flex option you're going to have in fantasy football for the most part. Um, I was almost going to take him before uh, with that Ayuk pick. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, I really would have loved to see what Kareem, how, how nasty Kareem Hunt would have been if he didn't run into those off the field problems, because he really is still a very, very good football player. He's going to get his touches and catch the ball and do everything, get a couple of runs here and there, but he's just a very, you know, he's one of these guys who's a weapon on offense going into the next team. This is the team that just took Josh Jacobs. Hmm, They could use another running back, but I think that this team, 
Oh, this is a tough pick. I think I know what I do here. I'm curious to see what I'm going to go with T Higgins. Okay. That was not what I had on my board. (laughs) I I like T Higgins a lot. I think he had a really quietly good year last year. I could almost see him being ranked a little bit higher in the rankings just because you're getting a healthy burrow back. I know there's going to be a little competition with Jamar chase there. You're getting Mixon back, but I think that Higgins built a great rapport with burrow last year. And I think moving forward, he's going to be another good receiver, maybe quietly good receiver this year. I'm in the same boat. I like Higgins a lot more than I like Chase. I think Chase, he was at football last year. He's still super talented and could end up being better in the long run. But there's a lot of reports out of camp that he's dropping a lot of passes. Higgins, you're getting more, you're getting the established production already. You're not kind of guessing what he's going to do. You all, you've already seen him do it. The guy I really like with the Bengals is Tyler Boyd because you get him like 40 picks later. And I think he could still have like 800 yards a season as a floor. But Higgins is a guy who, again, as a flex, very good option. I probably would have went with Hawkinson here just to get, okay, cool, I have Mahomes, I have Adams, I have Hopkins, and now I have Hawkinson. I have four guys that are going to finish in the top six of their position. Have fun. But I, I think Higgins is a smart, is a safe pick. I don't think that's a bad mm-hmm. pick by any means. So and I think you figure the running back problem out like in round six, <laughs> like, like this team has been doing. And then going on with this team, Eckler, Diggs, Carson Godwin. I think you do need some kind of flash and some sizzle here. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray, even though I'm not the biggest Kyler Murray guy. I think Kyler Murray is going to be a – This is. I think what we're seeing from Kyler Murray the past two seasons is kind of like what Kyler Murray is going to be. I don't see much evolution from him. I just think he's going to be a guy who's going to have some really jaw-dropping plays, and there are going to be plays where he looks like a guy that's 5'6 playing quarterback. And, and that's not really something you can fix. Like, Russell Wilson is just a hair under six foot tall. Like, he is not – like, him and Drew Brees are a different height than Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is truly something that we've not seen in the NFL before. I don't think we've seen a quarterback that small. And I think that ends up hurting his potential long term. But he's still a guy that has electric legs. He's a super athlete. And for whatever reason, Cliff Kingsbury has been a very run-heavy coach since coming to the NFL from the Air Raid, which is bizarre. But – I think there's still value here in the fifth round getting Kyler Murray, and he is super fun to watch. Like I will not take that away from him. Watching Kyler Murray, you never know what you're going to get with him, and that's kind of that's half the fun. Yeah, definitely. They but they always do say, like you mentioned, when when he's running the ball, they say it's like a punter coming at a punt returner coming at you know linebackers. So he's definitely still got the wheels. Yeah, he's stout. Like I'm not worried about him getting hurt. Like he's a very smart runner, and he's tougher than he looks. But again, he's just a five six dude playing quarterback, which Mm-hmm. There's a ceiling. Definitely. Ah, uh, so here we go for Team Eight. They just took DeAndre Swift. Ooh, you know what? I'm reaching. I'm taking Kenny Galladay. You're taking Gall. Wait, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, I'm taking Kenny Galladay here. Okay, sell me on this one because I, I, I I'm truly appalled that I host a podcast with you now. <laughs> I already told you I like Kenny Galladay. I'm a Kenny Galladay guy. I like him better than I'm. I'm thinking to this team, we need another receiver. I'd rather have Kenny Galladay than Deontay Johnson. I really think Kenny Galladay is going to go for over a thousand yards and eight to ten touchdowns. Out of respect for you, I'm going to bite my tongue. <laughs> well, we'll see, Angelo. But you have some nice. You have some nice real estate on that island. 
the deep balls, the dimes deep balls to Kenny Galladay are going to end up as catches. The Kenny Galladay is going to climb the ladder, and he's going to have he's going to be a great receiver for Danny Dimes. I can feel it. Alrighty then. All I'm, right, I'm noted, gonna, noted. <laughs> I'm going to go Hawkinson here with uh, this pick at, with for Team Nine. Again, you don't want to wait. If you wait too long on tight ends, well, you're better off just waiting to the 14th round. Like I took Evan Ingram in my draft. I've already dropped him for Austin Hooper. Uh, again, guys that you could get on the waiver wire that still have some upside. But Hawkinson is the last of the like six tight ends that you really want to draft in those first six rounds. And so when you have Aaron Jones and Montgomery as your running backs, solid guys. Montgomery is a little bit iffy because you don't know what the Bears are going to do. Ridley and Moore, solid t- receivers. Like This is a very solid team. It's not super flash in the pan. It's just very solid. Hawkinson kind of fits that mold, and he is going to be the lead receiver for the Lions. They are going to be passing a lot more because they're going to be trailing. And even though we've not seen Goff utilize a tight end a lot, he's going to have no choice because Hawkinson's the best option they have. The other option is Tyrell Williams. The presumed number two was Brashad Perriman, but apparently he's on the bubble. He might be getting cut. So that shows you where the Lions are at in terms of receiving core. Yeah, I don't hate the pick. I like TJ Hawkinson. I mean, around eh, five for a tight end that I don't really th- – I think he's a – like I think Pitts and Andrews are kind of in a little class of their own, and then Hawkinson. I don't really love going out of my way to take him, but with what's out there on the board, I guess it's a little bit safer of a pick, and you're trying to shore up a position. We're but the, moving on. We're at the part of the draft that really, like, you can really make or break a team here. Because these are guys that, oh, definitely. if they work out, well, great. That's another advantage you have on everyone else. If they flop, well, that just means you don't have depth. Because these are guys that could easily mm-hmm. end up on the white, on the waiver piles. So this Team 10 might have dropped a little bit here. But uh, I think they're going to, you know what? I think they're taking Damian Harris. I think that, hey, having Sony Michelle get shipped out, as I talked about before, you know, you never know what the Patriots backfield, but this could be the year where Damian Harris, you know, evolves into a real playmaker for the Patriots and a running back who you can rely on consistently every week to get some touches. Just because, you know, Cam's Cam's got his own problems with his shoulder. Mac Jones was taking some first team reps. I don't really think the Patriots are going to be that good, but if they are, they, they play smart football where they're going to be in some slugfest, some games where maybe you're going to have low scoring, but you're going to try to run the ball a lot and, and keep some clock control. Yeah, and Harris is the one like Patriots running back that has earned the trust of Belichick. I do believe he had some fumble issues early in his career, but for the most part, he's an Alabama guy. Belichick loves those Alabama guys. And you have uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I think that's how you pronounce his name, that's in the backfield there. They still have... Uh, What's the uh, scatback's name? Jay, it's not Jay White. James White. James White. There it is. Uh, he was pretty bad last year, he, but but like those are guys that are going to rotate in and get a good touches. football player. But yeah, fantasy wise, not relevant. But Harris, I think, does have like a decent floor. I think he can end up still getting like close to 800 yards, and he's going to be the red zone back. So there's he's the guy that's going to get the touchdowns if it's not Cam Newton. All right, moving on. Ah, uh, fufa. I really don't like Fancy Bros still having Henderson up at 46. Like, that just is like, eh, get him away from me. I'm not going to draft him for another three rounds. I think here, I- I'm going to take Deontay Johnson. I think him, he has the best uh, rapport with Ben Roethlisberger, and he kind of fits what Roethlisberger can do right now in terms of just being a short 
ball passer. Juju is always going to get the attention because of one, he's the guy that's got a little bit more of a better name value. And two, he loves dancing on logos and defenses take note of that and defenses want to hit him. So Deontay Johnson kind of goes under the radar. He had some drop issues again last season, but I, I, again, with what Ben is at this point, which is a guy that's going to throw a lot of short passes, he's going to be better off in like a very short field West coast offense. that doesn't ask him to throw to the outside or deep. And Deontay Johnson is a guy that can make his mark doing some really good uh, route running. And I think that he, in the fifth round, a guy that could end up with 110 targets. Definitely, I do like Deontay Johnson. I was thinking about picking him at that Damian Harris pick, and I thought about it back at the Galladay pick, but I like Galladay a little bit more than Deontay. Oh, yeah. No, the, you don't. The, the, <laughs> this team sees Galladay go at, at Team 8 and just starts laughing and just takes Deontay Johnson and doesn't have a second thought. They I'm get sorry. to they start getting to um, you know pitching a tent over there, but um I'm for sorry. team <laughs> for for team twelve they just took uh, Josh Allen in the fourth. Ooh, kind of tough pick here. Someone else would take Odell, but I'm not going to do that. Um, you know what? Give me Chase Edmonds here. I take Chase Edmonds here. I like Chase Edmonds as a flex. I think he's going to have a larger role in that. Um, Cardinal system. James Conner is obviously going to maybe be a vulture down at the goal line, but I don't think that James Conner is as good as perceived. He really was not a great running back last year, but so I think Chase Edmonds kind of has a little more trust in that offense. Um, and then swinging around around six. Mm, I hate this pick. This is such a hard pick. Are you taking Odell? I think you take Odell here. <laughs> I'm not taking Odell in the fifth round, but the next pick, yeah, I'll take him here. I, I, I just contradicted myself, but yeah, I think this team, you take them, but you, but in round seven, you're getting another run. You're getting another receiver because, as, as you know, I don't trust him. Yeah, and that's fine. I think Odell, it's weird to see him rank this low after, like, again, great name value. He is a still a fantastic talent, but for whatever reason, like, his the talent doesn't translate. Talent hasn't translated. And for whatever reason, him and Baker just are not on the same page. I do think that's a great upside pick, though, because, again, if they do end up working out, you could see Odell have, like, one of those throwback Odell years. And that's, like, you're getting that mm-hmm. in the sixth round. Edmonds, again, this is kind of like the running backs the running backs of death spot because there's no one that you're really feeling strongly about. But Edmonds is a guy on a team that likes to run the ball a lot, a team that's going to be competitive usually in games. Like the Cardinals weren't really a team that got blown out a lot. They're a team that just kept games close and did weird things, and a lot of those weird things kind of worked, and sometimes they didn't. Edmonds, I feel like, is a running back that has good chemistry with Kyler Murray whenever they start running with some of those option plays. And he's going to be the between the 20s back. The only fear is like, yeah, Connor's probably going to vulture him at the goal line, but the yards are going to be more consistent on a weekly basis than the touchdowns. Here we got Tyree Kill, we got Najee, we got James, we got Cup and Rot Johnson. While, he, while, while I'm still skeptical because of the injury report, I am going to do it. I'm going to take Dak Prescott. That's a good pick. In the sixth round, I think that's a worthwhile risk, especially with that offense. Super smart player. I lo- like. I love Dak. Dak. Pre- Dak ugh, I can't speak. Dak Prescott. He's one of, I think he might be one of like top three favorite quarterbacks in the league for me right now. I think he's just a smart player. He's he knows how to use his legs. He optimizes every play. The guy does not take a playoff. You rarely see him make a bad decision. He's he's just a super smart player. And even if he is 
not as mobile as he was the past few seasons. He's going to figure out how to make it work. He's just a very cerebral guy. And on that offense, it's going to be really good. Definitely. And I think, you know, that that horrible injury he suffered last year, we probably won't see him run the ball as much anymore. But to me, he was never a run first guy anyway. I mean, the athleticism and legs help a lot, but he has developed himself since his rookie year into a very, very good pass. It reminds me a little bit of like Donovan McNabb, where McNabb had some wheels, but wasn't, you know, wouldn't consider him like Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick. I think there's a good spot for him. And the reassurance, I think that the past couple days on the injury front have been a little bit better than before. So I think this is a nice spot to get him for a guy who was on his way to being possibly MVP last year and possibly, uh, you know, and definitely on his way to being uh, QB one in fantasy. So I think the way this team here is constructed, I think you're happy with getting Prescott there. Moving on though, to team 10, they just took Damian Harris. Uh, they have Amari Cooper, George Kittle, Mixon, and Jonathan Taylor. Ooh, they kind of need a receiver. You know what? I think this team's going to – I think they take a stab and they take Jamar Chase. Okay. Not a huge Jamar Chase guy, but I like the upside he could bring in the sixth round for a team like this. Just, you know, it's always nice having that, you know, explosive rookie that you have on your team. You spent a top five – what was it, five pick on him? I mean, you, you want to utilize what you got. You want to utilize that new toy you got, so – I think that they're going to try to – maybe it'll be a slow start for him, but I think eventually he'll start to hit a groove in the middle of the season. Super tantalizing guy. Uh, I, like, again, I'm not the biggest Chase guy. I'm not going like, to like, be like, oh, I need to get Jamar Chase. But for a team like this, you only have Amari Cooper. I mean, you might as well swing for the fences and bet on the Burrow-Chase connection continuing in the NFL. Moving on, I'm going to take Trey Sermon here. And, again, he, Trey Sermon's a guy I always take around, like try and grab around late. I missed him by one pick in my league, and it it's going to haunt me this entire season. But I really just think that Sermon, being the bruising, bloody back that he is, is eventually going to take over from Mostert because Mostert is a guy that has already shown that he can't stay healthy. And once Lance is there, imagine being a defense, and you're like, great, we play the Niners this week. We have to try and tackle Trey Lance and Trey Sermon 35 times. That's not going to be fun. Trey Sermon is a big dude, and he's going to run some people over. I am very excited to watch this Niners offense once Lance starts and once you start to see a lot of Sermon because I think that team is going to be very fun. They are bringing back the bully ball, and I'm here for it. Give me Trey Sermon. Is the sixth round a little bit of a reach? Kind of, but I want him on my team. Yes, I think what you said was perfect there. If some, you know, if you got a guy, you got to go out and get him because you don't know when he's not, when he's going to be there. And if it's getting close, you just got to take a stab at him. I think a lot of people are high on Sermon this year. And with a team here that already has two established running backs, he's a great guy to just throw in there as your flex. Moving on, this is the team that just took Kenny Galladay. Uh, what do they need? A wide receiver. They could use any. <laughs> Uh, they could actually, but, uh, you know what? I'm going to give this team's going to take Russell Wilson. Okay. I like that pick with the back-to-back kind of shady picks of Deandre Swift and Kenny Galladay. I think you got to reassure yourself and take a guy who, you know, is going to be, you know, a valuable asset and you know what he's going to do. I think this is a perfect spot for Russell Wilson. I do too. Like, again, I will 
bite my tongue a lot for the Swift and Galladay picks, but there is hey, reason. No. There is reason they take them. They're number one guys on their team. Galladay's the number one receiver in New York. Swift's the number one guy on Detroit. They really are head head and shoulders above the guys that they're playing with. Getting Russell Wilson though, that offense should be a lot better. New offensive coordinator. So long as they don't crater in the second half like they did last season. Like Russ really bit me in the butt last season come playoff time. But so long as they don't wilt. Getting Russ Wilson here in the sixth round is perfectly fine. A guy that, again, very cerebral player, very smart, and has a huge arm, big arm. And he's playing with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So, like, you have two dynamic dudes there. All right, going on. Man, this team would have really liked to get Hawkinson. But, hmm, I got the grumbles now because I'm not sure where to go with this pick. It's a little real tough here. I know what I'd take. Let's get another fun guy in here. Let's take Chase Claypool. Claypool, again, I don't think he's going to mesh well with Ben. I think that, like, Ben's deep ball is more is about a – it's a lame duck at this point. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. to say, but that's the case. But Claypool is just so dynamic. Like, you see how he plays in preseason. The guy's going all out for every ball. He Again, d- dumb athlete. Like, he's huge. He runs a 4-6. He's extremely hard to defend. And he still has that great upside. He had some incredible games last season. And he's the kind of guy, like, he's an athlete that you will see gadget plays drawn up for. So he's going to get those weird touches. He's going to get the goal line gimmicks. And being a big body dude, he's going to get some touchdowns. I think that Claypool, another guy that's just kind of fun to have and fun to root for, like, he is ideally Juju without the dancing. And that's a fun player. No, I, I do like Claypool. I have him on my team uh, in my my main league. I think he's a very, very good receiver. He's got to maybe adjust his game a little bit and try to, like, you know, stay in the middle of the field and try to get those underneath routes. I know that's not really where they're going to utilize him. He's kind of going to – he's going to be kind of on the outside. That's really Juju's territory there in the slot. But they got to, like – that's for the coaching staff to figure out because, like you said, I don't love – you know, I don't love uh, Big Ben trying to throw the ball over, like, 30, 35 yards anymore. My only other choice here was like Joe Williams or Mostert. And I just feel like Claypool's more fun. Like, you take a guy, yeah, who had just had an electric season. He had a really, really great rookie campaign. I think it's a good pick there. Moving on, though, here to the next team. They have uh, they just took T. Higgins and Josh Jacobs. Oh, this is a hard pick. You know what? Oh, man, this, this pick's not going to be good Anyways, but I think you take Raheem Mostert. I think you take him in the hopes that he can at least corral more of the carries from Trey Sermon. We know how good Raheem Mostert is. It's just that system in uh, San Francisco, you have no idea how it's going to go. They'll give the ball to anybody. For all we know, there could be a fifth stringer on that team that comes out of nowhere and becomes the lead back. So it's a little risky, but this team really, really needs a running back. And I just don't – I don't like – playing with the Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon scenario, because you're only, you're probably only going to get one of them. And are you going to spend back-to-back picks on two receive two running backs on the same team? Probably not. So I think Mostert is the better way to go. I, I It's not that I don't like Mostert. I think Sermon just has a little bit more upside by the end of the season. So Mostert might be better in the early season. I think Sermon's got to own later, but in the sixth round, I think both those guys are valuable going mm-hmm. forward. I'm going to do a little bit of a reach. I'm taking Robbie Anderson here. This might be a little bit biased because, again, former Jet, a guy that had a good season last year, they did just sign him to a two-year extension. I think that matters. I think that they see Anderson as a long-term piece, 
And even if he's not like a true number one receiver, he's a great one B receiver. He's like overqualified to be a wide receiver two. He's underqualified to be a wide receiver one because again, he's not. He's just not built for it. He's not. He's a very length, lanky six foot dude who is a good route runner, and he's got good hands. He's not really a guy that's gonna catch a lot of 50-50 balls. But he was very effective last year with Bridgewater. I think that. Darnold having him there, he's going to rely on him a lot because they have that chemistry from before and is shown in the NFL. He can succeed. Like he's not a guy that misses a ton of games. I don't remember ever seeing a game that Robbie Anderson missed. So I think that having him as a flex option with hunt. So even if hunt doesn't work out, I can feel confident knowing I could throw Robbie Anderson in the flex spot and I'll be fine. I love that pick. I think that uh, as your third receiver, Nothing more you can ask for than having Robbie Anderson there. That's that's a high ceiling number three. That's a great pick right there. Just one point out: there is still Miles Gaskin on the board. I know he, I was cutting him off, but him and no, because he well, you can you can cut him off because he's getting taken right now. I think I like Miles Gaskin a lot. I think he did very very well last year, considering he came on kind of in the the middle of the season, kind of. Or, late end of the first uh, fourth of the year. But I think he had a very productive um, season just to give the Dolph- just to, you know, build trust within the Dolphins to, Hey, let this guy take the reins and be a running back. I know he's not a traditional running back. He's not as, you know, big and bulky as some of the other guys, but I think that the way that that Dolphin offense runs, I think he has a lot of value still. And he is the number one guy. I know Salvin Ahmad was very good when he played in his limited uh, time last year. But I think they're going to try to utilize Gaskin more because they do have a good weapon back there in the backfield. Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic last year. There's just something about the sniff test that he doesn't pass because, again, they had Malcolm Brown out there for a bunch of the preseason. And there is Ahmed there that can take some carries from him. Meanwhile, this team, I'm going to cross off Javante Williams. Again, a guy that I think has much more higher upside later in the season than currently because, again, he's going to split those carries with Melvin Gordon. But I kind of think this is a season where we see Gordon take a step back. And they took Williams early in the second round. I think that they have a plan for him. I think he's going to start seeing more touches sooner than later. But in round six, this team only had this team has a great receiver core. They don't have a second running back. I kind of like that Williams having a high upside RB two spot. Even if he's not great, my receivers can cover for him. And I think that's a real, like a smart pick to take in the sixth round. And if and possible, you might get Melvin Gordon on the wraparound too. So then you just have that lock backfield locked up. Yeah, this team need they, they had to draft a running back no matter what, and this is kind of like, hey, put your eggs in the basket with Gordon or Williams and go with Williams just because he's the new guy and Melvin Gordon will be on his way out after this season probably. So moving on to uh, the team two, they just took Mike Davis. Here, I think you take Jerry Judy. So you've already got two very good established receivers with Robinson and Lamb. You've got Dalvin Cook, and you got Mike Davis. Mike Davis, we don't really know about, and you have Lamar Jackson. So I think here, I think it's a good time to take a stab at Judy. Coming into his second year, he's going to be a lot better than I think he was last year. He had to work on some things. Teddy Bridgewater was announced as the uh, Broncos' starting quarterback. So we'll see how that uh, relationship pans out. Yeah, Bridgewater being named the starter makes me feel a lot better about the Broncos' receivers, oddly enough. Just because, like, you saw Bridgewater last year for Carolina – and Judy does have a little bit more of that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson type receiver in him. Like, he's going to be a number one guy, and he has a lot more traits than both those guys. But he's kind of like in the same mold. And I think Bridgewater is going to get the most out of him. He's going to at least give him a higher floor than what he would have with Drew Locke. Last pick of the first round. Whenever you can take 
the fire breathing dragon known as Aaron Rodgers at the end of the s- sixth round. You got to do it again. Uh, the dude was insane last year. Is he a candidate for Gresham? Yes, because the guy threw 48 touchdowns last year. That's not happening again. And if it does, I'm not going to be surprised because it's Aaron Rodgers. Like the guy is so jaded. He loves nothing more at this point in his career than to prove the Packers wrong and make that front office look stupid. It's like, oh, you're going to take a quarterback in the first round? Okay, I'm going to have my best season since 2014. Okay, you're gonna we're going to extend this thing. You're going to cut the players I want. I'm going to make you look like idiots in the offseason, and then I'm going to get Randall Cobb back, and I'm going to get, again, torch the league. Such a fun player to watch, though. Like The guy is a magician back there, and you look at this team now. You have Rodgers. You have Pitts. You have McCaffrey. Those are three guys that are going to be fantastic to watch every week. A.J. Brown, another fun guy to watch every week. You have Hilarious, so you're going to have a reason to watch the Chiefs. Thielen's the most boring guy there, but you need a bore. You need a straight guy. You have to have the straight guy to keep every like the uh, bounce of jokes off of. So that's what Thielen's there for. But this is a fun team. I love that pick. Rogers in the sixth. I, like you said, all the all the things you mentioned. It's 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 year two of the Rogers revenge tour, and even if he does digress at all that's still a, a great season out of a you know all-time quarterback absolutely so looking at this next these last three rounds i'm looking through i'm i actually like these next these three rounds more than our first three i think that there is like really hard to have any argument for those picks galladay notwithstanding i think the pick i feel less good about is kyler murray just because he's a guy that out of those top five qbs he's the guy that's most likely to bust yeah, I wouldn't have. Yeah, I think he was kind of taken a little early. I like I like Prescott and Wilson better than him. I think you could put him over Rodgers and, you know, no no qualms there. Um, let me see. Yeah, the Swift pick was kind of eh, it wasn't great, but I think it was necessary. If you if you you strike gold on Swift, pun intended, I mean, that's going to be great for uh that team. Just considering he'd be your number 2 uh running back, but yeah, it kind of it was kind of like a necessary evil pick, I think, for that team. Yeah, I, I think so too. So top of the board still left. I mean, Henderson's there, but we're getting into not his really range. counting that. Yeah, we're kind of getting into his range, but I'd not, say he'd go in the next three rounds. I would say so too. Melvin Gordon, Justin Herbert, Ronald Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, Michael Carter, Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, Tyler Boyd. James Conner, Logan Thomas, Ryan Tannehill. Those are some of the names that are at the top of the board for Fantasy Pros. Again, if you haven't checked them out, go check them out. Not a sponsor. But that will do it for this second part of our mock draft, which is We Will Mock You, which I love the title for that. So I'll tweet it out, I'll tweet out the link later. I'll tweet out the results later if you want to check it out, uh, out on Twitter at Flex of Gold, all one word. For Nick Perillo, I'm Angelo Lisa, And as always, we hope it pans out for you. Thank you.